Hello and welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to help you permanently end disordered eating, binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating by creating a healthy and peaceful relationship with food. We are sharing simple and sustainable strategies to help you do exactly that. Please subscribe and follow and say hello. And if you haven't yet joined my email list, that's where I send out my highly detailed writings to help you implement all this even better. I invite you to join my email list now at katiepapo.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome. Happy Monday or whatever day you're listening to this, if you end up listening to the replay later. Um, my name is Katie Papo, and today's episode is all about really understanding what your problem is, so that way you can better understand how to fix it. And you know me, I like to be solution-oriented, so I'd actually like to spend a good portion of this episode uh, not just talking about and kind of diagnosing the problem, which is, of course, a really important piece, but we do also want to go into the solution, so that way you can shift into your into your healing process. So first of all, if you're here, welcome. Please say hello in the comments. Uh, I invite you as you're listening to write down in the comments any takeaways that stand out to you, any aha moments you have, any insights you have, or just anything notable that you feel is important for you to remember. This will help reinforce it in your brain. And as you guys know, the name of the game here is rewiring your brain and repetition. Okay, so let's dive into the diagnostic part of this episode, because a big part of ending binge eating permanently and really healing your relationship with food at the root level really boils down to, first of all, knowing what problem you're actually solving. And I see a lot that... Um, I think the majority of people, largely because of how conventional treatments are set up, largely because of how society views eating disorders and uh, binge eating in general, and weight loss as well, um, I think all of these things can create some confusion around what the actual problem is that you're experiencing. And as a result of this, I see super commonly that people will, and I was, I did the same thing, by the way, people will work so hard and put in all this energy and all this effort, all this time and money to climb this ladder that's leading up the wrong tree. And even if you did it perfectly, and even if you committed yourself to it with your whole heart and soul, you still end up not getting the result that you want. And what that does when you repeat that pattern over time of climbing up the wrong ladder, what happens is we start to lose a really deep part of our self-confidence and our self-trust begins to erode. And we think, what is wrong with me? If I'm putting in my full effort and not seeing the results, something must be wrong with me. Whereas in reality, I see oftentimes it's just the wrong ladder and you're climbing the ladder just fine, <laughs> but that ladder was never going to get you where you want to go. And that's why this uh, episode is a really important topic because once you can diagnose your problem effectively, 
then you can also choose your solution effectively. And if you are somebody who has been trying to fix this for any number of years, chances are the problem is not you. Chances are you do have willpower and you do have resilience and you do have motivation. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be here, right? You, how many times have you been beaten down by this? And you are still here learning, keeping an open mind, showing up for yourself, right? You're still seeking your solution. That shows that the problem is not you. That shows that the problem is just maybe the modality or the quote unquote solution that you've been using. So let's dive into the diagnostic part and then we'll shift gears into the solution part. Okay. So the question that comes up um, is, is, do I have binge eating disorder, right? I see this question come up a lot. Is it binge eating? Is it emotional eating? Is it the actual disorder as in the DSM criteria? So if we're to look at it, and I literally have the website in front of me of what binge eating disorder or BED is, and it's characterized as this a severe, life-threatening. Now, life-threatening, I see this actually in a number of ways, little side note here, because yes, this can be life-threatening physically, but I think even before it, it's, it's life-threatening in a physical way, it also is life-threatening in a much deeper way than that, in the sense that when we are struggling with food, and this is a very... Um, deep permeating force in our lives where we're constantly thinking of food. We can't stop um, thinking about the problems that it's causing us or, or thinking about binging or thinking about dieting or really just the, the whole obsession over food. What this does is it takes our lives away um, while we're still living because we cannot fully be present in the lives that we currently have. We are actively missing out on being present in basic life experiences, such as being with our family members who we love and really being in that moment versus thinking about, oh, I forgot to track my calories on the app or, oh, I hope I don't binge later. Oh, when's this going to be over because I really want to binge and I want to be alone, right? So Yes, this can be characterized as life-threatening in a physical way. Why? Because when we overeat like that or we go or we oscillate between starving ourselves and stuffing ourselves, this causes tremendous strain on the organs and the heart and, um, and also can cause uh, havoc on the metabolism and cause weight gain and extreme weight loss and extreme weight gain, which is very exhausting for the body. It requires a lot of energy for the body to do that, which makes it so that we don't have energy for other things. And this gradually depletes our bodies over time. So in that sense, it is life-threatening physically because we are, you know, the more we harm ourselves, we are slowly killing ourselves. But on another level, we're also robbing ourselves of our of our lives in every moment that we're not present in our lives because we're completely preoccupied by food. So binge eating disorder is a life-threatening eating disorder characterized by recurrent episodes of eating large quantities of food. This is from nationaleatingdisorders.org, by the way. 
Um, so eating large quantities of food. Now, of course, this can be relative. And some people say, is this a binge? It was only, I only ate this, but it just felt really out of control. So this, so this is characterized by um, also eating very quickly, also eating to the point of discomfort, and that feeling of a loss of control during the binge. Okay. That I think is the big key to note. It's the feeling of loss of control, which is why understandably, many people try to fix this issue, right, in the professional world, in our own common sense, we might think, oh, well, if if I'm feeling a loss of control, what I need is control. So a lot of times we kind of, um, we just look at binge eating as a, as a problem of self-control. Therefore, the solution must be more self-control. But there's a problem with that that we'll come to soon. So a feeling of lost control during the binge, experiencing shame. So usually the shame comes after the binge, as we know. I can't believe I did that. I knew that this would end up this way. I shouldn't have done it. Um, distress or guilt afterwards, same thing. And also not regularly using uh, uh, unhealthy comp compensatory me measures to counter the binge eating. Okay. So... So, so the diagnostic criteria that's written here, right, eating more rapidly than normal, eating until feeling uncomfortably full, eating large amounts of food when you're not physically hungry, eating alone because of how embarrassed you, you, you feel when you're eating, feeling disgusted with yourself or depressed or very guilty after. Um, so if this has been recurring for you and here that here it says, uh, you know, consider this to be a problem if it's happening on average, at least once a week for three months, once a week for three months, I'm usually speaking with people who have been doing this every day for years of their lives. So, so these are just some of the criteria to understand because one of the things that is super common in treatment, um, conventional wisdom style treatment is to try to teach people how to control themselves better around food. Now, there's a big problem that comes up here because also associated with binge eating and one of the warning signs of binge eating is frequently dieting and showing extreme concern with body weight or body shape. Okay, so so there's this opposition now because one side is saying, well, this is an out of control problem, so you need to have more control. But one of the things that makes everything worse <laughs> and a warning sign of binge eating is dieting and is obsessively trying to control your food and trying to control your weight. So using control as the solution oftentimes not only doesn't work, but ends up making things worse. And even if you look at a lot of the treatment methods that um, are covered by insurance for people with binge eating disorders, a lot of them are like uh, medications that suppress appetite, right? So not only are you not learning how to listen to your body signals, but you're learning to repress them even more. So you're actively suppressing your appetite rather than um, 
healing more at the root level, right? So what we can really look at in terms of these diagnostic criteria is really this is a collection of symptoms, right? This is what binge eating looks like on the surface. And um, one thing that was really important for me to understand and have that sort of aha moment myself when I was struggling with binge eating, I struggled for about 10 years. And even before that, there was definitely um, some out of control or emotional or comfort kind of eating. But it started getting really bad um, once I started learning more about nutrition. I studied nutrition in school. And uh, the more I, I took lots of certification courses for nutrition and the more I studied those things, the more rules that I kind of ingrained in myself and the more I thought I should eat this way, I should eat this way, except this way conflicts with this way. And this diet says the food is good and this one says the food is bad and it became like a mess. And I ended up trying to follow all of these rules, all these, all this time to be, you know, perfect with my eating. And the more I did that, the more out of control everything got. Now, what kind of was this game changer moment for me during this experience was I actually, um, at that point, I had been trying everything, but the biggest thing I was trying was trying to figure all this out myself and use as much self-control as possible. So let me know if that's been your method, trying to use as much self-control, excuse me, as possible to try to stop the binges. Now, as we know, a lot of times this can make the binges worse. So I was binging pretty much every day, often multiple times a day, um, usually on very sugary things. And then I'd alternate with something salty and back to something sugary. And this was my pattern. And sometimes I would binge throughout the whole day, but other times I would try to make it as long as I could to go throughout the day without eating. And then I would binge towards the end of the day because at least I didn't eat all those calories up front in the day. So if you guys have that pattern, I can raise my hand and say, I'm with you. Let me, in the, let me know in the comments if you've experienced that too. Um, so anyway, so I was struggling with this for a while and uh, I was miserable. I felt awful physically all the time, but I also was feeling really down on myself because I did like to think of myself as an ambitious person and a high achieving person and someone who is disciplined and likes to really go for what they want. And I wanted to also feel purposeful in my life and be of service to others. And I was so obsessed with my own food and eating habits that it was a distraction from everything else. I felt like I couldn't move on with my life until I could stop binging. So I ended up hurting myself. I gave myself an injury from over-exercising, um, which was also part of my binge eating issues. A lot of how I tried to control my weight was through over-exercising. I ended up really hurting myself. And I wasn't able to find solutions for that pain either. Now, I went to somebody who was more of like one of those kind of, for lack of a better word, woo-woo practitioners, right? It was outside of conventional realms. I had already seen the chiropractors and the masseuses and the acupuncturists, and um, I got the x-rays. Like I did all the mainstream sort of stuff. And then I went to this like, I, I don't know, I don't remember how she called herself, but some kind of energy healer. I was very open to anything because I just wanted to fix this. So I go to her for help with my leg, which was what I had injured from over-exercising. I didn't tell her anything, but I walked into the room 
And I sat down and I, and I said, I, yeah, I'm having this issue with my leg. And she just stares at me for like what felt like a whole minute. And she said, so how long have you had an eating disorder? And I said, I don't have an eating disorder. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and it had not, it had genuinely not even occurred to me that I had an eating disorder. I always just assumed that I had no self-control around certain foods um, or that I just binged too much. It had never occurred to me that this was a more deeply rooted thing. Also, I think a lot of times when we think of binge eating disorder, we think of like anorexia, right? Um, even though technically binge eating would fall under the category of eating disorder, I, I wasn't even thinking in that realm. And when she said that, first I was resistant to her, but after I left that day, it started kind of, I couldn't get it out of my head and I started researching like a lot of us a lot of us have, like we research and we try to figure out what's wrong with what's wrong with me. So I was researching and I realized that, oh my gosh, this is an eating disorder. Now I need to figure this out in a completely different way because before I was just trying to stop myself from binging. It was total short-term thinking of, I just need to control myself. I just need to get through this day. I just need to not eat these cookies. I just need to avoid these foods. I was not looking at this from a more zoomed out global lens of this is affecting my entire life. And this is a pattern that I've, this is not about cookies, right? This is not about chips. <laughs> this is about me and my relationship with myself. So once I understood that, I started approaching it a lot differently. So one of the things that was the shift for me that I hope today will make a huge difference for you in how you look at this is I started to look at this not as, oh, I have an eating disorder. Now I need this label and I need to label myself in this way. And I need to go through this like conventional method of treatment and all of this stuff. And now I'm somebody with an eating disorder who needs to manage it for their whole lives. I was like, I didn't even entertain that path. And that I think is one of the best decisions that I made was not going down that path because I see a lot of people going down that path and ending up so beaten up by it um, and feeling so discouraged that they're stuck like this forever. You're not. One of the things that really helped me look at this um, in a way that facilitated my healing was saying, okay, I'm struggling with disordered eating. What does that really mean to have an eating disorder? It means that I am not listening to my body. Me and my body do not have a good relationship, right? Me and food do not have a good relationship. Now, if you look at any other relationship in your life, let's say with like a partner, let's say you've had a partner before, you have a partner now. Now, if you don't have a good relationship with your partner, what's going to help it, right? Are you going to help your relationship by trying to control them through willpower and force, right? This is what we have done with ourselves. This is what most people do with treating eating disorders is they use this force, they use this willpower, they use this element of control, but in a real relationship, right? Is that really going to be the thing that heals a relationship trying to control the other person? 
if you're in a bad relationship with someone, will you feel healed if they're trying to control you? Right? Instead, we need to look at it in such a way of how do I heal this relationship between me and food, between me and myself? Because ultimately it's between you and yourself. The food is the way that it manifests, right? Through food. But really the relationship that you're healing is between you and you. It's between you and your body. It's between you and your mind. And it manifests through food. So the focus cannot really be on the food here. Because if it was really about the food, then eliminating certain foods would fix the problem, right? Or controlling food would fix the problem. But we've seen again and again that the more we try to do that, the more we're making things worse, the harder it is to not binge, the more we want to binge because we want that freedom from all the restriction we're putting on ourselves. So if you look at this, is this making sense, guys? Let me know in the comments if this makes sense. That when you're healing the relationship between you and yourself and you're looking at it genuinely as healing a relationship versus just labeling yourself with an eating disorder and going through X, Y, and Z and th that kind of mentality, what ends up, or trying to just use self-control, what ends up happening is you start asking yourself, okay, how do I heal a relationship? Well, what's one of the big hallmarks of any relationship is listening. Right? How do I become a better listener? And this was one of the first patterns that I started teaching myself <laughs> and what I teach to our clients. We have a program um, coming out called Rewired Eating that I'm going to be uh, starting in May. I think it's, I'm going to open it May 1st. So if you're interested in finding out about that and joining, let me know because that's going to be a really, really deep dive where you're going through all the practical elements of doing this under my wing. So really the first, the first principles and practices that I started doing was body listening, starting to listen more to my body because what happens, right, when we say to the body, hey, you need to do as I say, <laughs> I'm going to manipulate you and I'm going to manipulate your weight and you can only eat these foods. And during these times, when we look at it that way, imagine like we were to treat um, another person that way, or even better, what would be a good comparison? The body's helpless, right? Like the body can do a lot, but not without us acting, right? Like the body can say, I'm really hungry and it can digest food and all of those great things. But without our, our own conscious permission, right? The body can't on its own get up and walk to the refrigerator, right? And eat. We need to consciously be doing that. So let's say a baby, right, starts screaming because it's hungry and we were to just say, well, you can't have it because you already had your 300 calories today and it's not 2 p.m. yet, right? That is completely ignoring. That is not listening at all. That's the opposite of listening. That's actively going against your signals, right? Whereas if we can learn to have a healthy relationship, right? And the baby starts crying. Then we might say, oh, let's figure out what's wrong. What are, what, let's figure out what its needs are. Let's, let, let's be good listeners and pay attention, right? And then we can give the baby what it needs so it can heal and thrive. What if we treated ourselves like that? What if when the, the body starts crying with, I'm hungry, 
right? We actually said, okay, <laughs> here, here's some food to have instead of, no, you can't. It's not three o'clock yet, right? Or no, you can't. You shouldn't be hungry now, right? Imagine if instead we were good listeners or no, here's this pill so to, to suppress your appetite or let's cut a piece of your stomach out so you can't eat as much, right? This is the opposite of listening. So when we learn how to listen to ourselves, to listen to our body signals, what ends up happening is now we are working as a team with ourselves. We've got our mind on board. We've got our body on board. We've got our conscious behaviors on board. And now we're here to cultivate a strong relationship with ourselves that can last us the rest of our lives. Why? How do we make this sustainable? We just keep listening. That's it. Like, this is how simple this really is. And a lot of times we try to overcomplicate things and society overcomplicates things by saying, you need to follow, you know, this exact diet at this time and only eat these foods and don't eat these foods. And you need to do this for X number of years. And then you can transition to this type of, imagine if we just listen to the body and we adapted and adjust as we go, because we're just still listening. And not only that, but imagine, because look at any relationship, right? When you're first healing a relationship, if there's not good communication going back and forth, and there's not a whole lot of listening happening, when you're first building that out, there's going to be some miscommunication, right? Because you're still fresh at this. You're still new. But as you keep developing the, your communication within that relationship and you keep practicing listening, you keep practicing being clear right? Then over time, it's so natural to just be a good listener for your partner. It's so natural to understand them. You start not even needing for them to explain things for you to fully understand them because you're that in tune with each other. The same thing happens with your body. In the beginning, it can feel challenging to be that good listener. Like, I don't know if this is the right signal. I don't know if I'm hearing the right thing right? There's some doubt. This is one of the phases that people go through, right? And this is why we have a program on this, right? Because if you've been out of tune with your body for years, yeah, you will probably need some guidance to do this. But how worth it is it when the rest of your life, it only gets easier and easier as you go because your communication is that good, right? You don't need to learn 50 different techniques or things. You just need to learn to master communication, and to calm yourself enough that you can be a receptive listener for that communication, right? Then as you go throughout your entire life, you can just get messages from your body as you go and you can adapt yourself accordingly. And that's how you work as a team. And when you do that, the body feels totally comfortable. The body naturally releases weight it doesn't need because it's not in this constant state of stress anymore, right? The body can be strong again because now the body has all this freed up energy right? That it was using to do all that digesting by before or because it was being starved. It had no energy. Now you have all this energy freed up because you're actually a good listener. Not only that, but you have all this mental energy because instead of thinking about food all the time, you can just tune into your body when it's relevant, right? You're living in your body so much more instead of just living up in your head. So you get these messages so much more clearly. And now your mind is free for all these other things. You can focus on your family, you can focus on your friends. 
You can focus on your career, on your passions, right? This is how eating disorders can be ended permanently by instead of just trying to fix the symptoms with self-control, with appetite suppression, with more rules, instead you focus on healing the relationship between you and your body. Does that make sense, guys? I hope that's helpful because this is what can bring the game-changing results that will last you forever, that will last you your entire life. And this is exactly what we're teaching in the next program. So if you'd like to join Rewired Eating, if you want an application for that, I'm going to be reaching out to the people who are on my quote-unquote priority list. These are the people who have already reached out, said, yeah, I want an application. This sounds like exactly what I need right now. I've had an eating disorder for X number of years. I've been binge eating for X number of years. I've been dieting for X number of years. I'm ready for all this to be done, and I'm ready to heal this relationship forever. That's who this is for. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me through Facebook. You can reach out to me through my email. Just let me know. I'd like an application. And then once I have your application and I've got all the details ready, I'll be sending all that information out to you this week. So feel free to reach out to me for that. It's going to be an amazing experience where you, you can just take yourself from full-blown eating disorder. It doesn't matter how many years you've been struggling. I've seen it all. You can go to full food freedom where you're healing your relationship with food, you're so much more happy in your body. Your body is so much more happy with you and you can go on with your life, living it freely and having that beautiful relationship. All right, so I will talk to you guys later this week. Uh, next episode's podcast is on uh, rewiring your brain rewiring your brain and a and a the number one mistake that people make when they're rewiring their brain around food I'll be going over that on Wednesday so stay tuned then and I'll talk to you guys soon all right take care well done showing up for yourself and tuning into another episode the best way to help yourself change is repetition so take a moment now to write down your biggest takeaway from this episode in the comments. Also, please subscribe and follow for more. And if you haven't yet, join my email list. That's where I share my highly detailed writings on how to make your food freedom journey even faster and simpler. Go to katiepapo.com to join my email list now. And finally, if you're considering working with us privately, details for our 12-week intensive program can be found at katiepapo.com feel free to reach out to us directly with your questions. Keep showing up for yourself, be kind to yourself and others, and I hope to see you for the next episode.